Welcome to the At A Total Loss podcast, where lost moms candidly talk about stillbirth, baby loss, grief, survival, and all things in between. I'm Catherine. My first child, Brody, died at full term and was stillborn in January of 2022. I literally thought the sadness was going to kill me. And while trying to survive, I reached out to lost moms to connect with others who knew how I felt. It was these conversations that saved me, and to this day, they still do. We discuss our babies, life with grief. We even laugh, a lot actually. It is my hope that hearing our stories will help you realize that you are not alone in any of this, and maybe even serve as a guide to finding light in the dark. So get comfortable and grab some tissues as we discuss this crazy life after baby death that has left us all at a total loss. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Where are you? Um, home. Where's home? North Carolina. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Which part? Um, near Fayetteville. We're kind of okay. on the outskirts on one of the towns, but yeah, we're closest to Fayetteville. Have you met any other lost moms in person there? No, I have not. Okay. Just curious. Cause there's a bunch, there's a bunch in North Carolina. So um, after I started following you, I, another girl who follows you, sent me a friend request and I think she lives in like the Southern Pines area, but I haven't cool. really like chatted with her. Yeah. Um, and then that's really it there. I don't, I haven't really met anybody else. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. It's just different. What, what's different? Uh, well, because, so we moved here from Savannah. Okay. So I had some connections there, so it was, and I still keep in touch with some of them, but it's just, I don't know. It's kind of just different now because we just moved here and I haven't really met anybody. So are you, I mean, are you in a phase right now where you don't necessarily need to have the in-person connections? Yeah, I'm not, I have a 14 month old, so (laughs) he kind of keeps me busy enough to where it sounds bad, but like I kind of just block a lot of it out. Um, Okay. So, so what's the interest in telling your story now? So I have never heard of my story Uh from anybody else because my daughter was stillborn while I was in labor in the hospital. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I just, I don't know. I don't, if there's anybody else that could like resonate with that. Um, it's just, I've, you know, you have the stillbirths where they pass away and you're like, oh, well, why aren't they moving? And then you go to the hospital and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. There's no heartbeat. Mm -hmm. Um, there's, I've just never heard of, my doctor told me it was a placenta abruption, but I was on the monitors. I was in labor. I was, you know, at the hospital, like why wasn't that caught? So, so take me back. So, okay. Were you going in for a scheduled induction or were you going in because of complications? No. So, um, my doctor suggested at, well, his PA suggested at 37 weeks that I have an induction. And I was like, "Mm, I don't know about that. Like I've, I've never done anything like that. I don't know anybody who's done that. What was the reasoning? Um, there have been new studies out and it's safer for mom and baby. Okay. It's what I don't, I, I'm not disagreeing, but only because of the death, because of Brody's death. Now I'm like, okay, yes. 
But if you were to say that to me before Brody, I would have been like, that doesn't make sense. I don't understand. Baby will yeah. come when baby will come when they're ready. My body knows what to do, all that stuff. Yeah. So is that kind of where you were at where at? Yeah, I was like, um, I I mean, I don't know, like can I go home and think about it? They're like, yeah, sure. Go home and think about it. And I talked to my husband and I do not do well with pregnancy. I just, I'm, I was sick all the way up until like 16, 20 weeks. And then even like in the third trimester, I was sick. I just didn't feel good. Um, it just, I didn't, I had a lot of body image issues mm -hmm. because I was always so skinny. And then here I am gaining, you know, like 30 pounds and it's very yep. hard for me. So I just, didn't like pregnancy. And so he said, he suggested, you know, Hey, 39 weeks, let's induce, let's get the baby out. Everything will go well, you know, it'll be fine. And I was like 37 or 39, 39, 39. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And this man had already done three surgeries on me before. Um, so I trusted him uh, cause I suffer from endometriosis. Okay. So okay. he did two laparoscopic surgeries for that. And then, um, I had a molar pregnancy. So he did a DNC from that. So I was like, sure. Why not? Like, I trust this man. He's not going to tell me the wrong thing. Sure. Nope. Wait, can we back up? Cause in the very yeah. beginning of this conversation, I thought you said that they suggested 37 week induction. No, 39. Maybe I misheard that. Okay. That's why I was saying 37 makes sense now. Because no, but you're saying okay, so 39. Okay, okay. So you said okay, you so you yeah. went with it. Okay. My husband and I, we agreed, we went with it. We, you know, said, okay, let's meet our daughter. Let's, you know, she's our first baby. We're so excited. We had everything ready. And then 12 hours into it, just shit hit the fan and she was gone while you were actively pushing? Is that what happened? No. So I went in for an induction. They got me, I went in at like 3 PM in the afternoon. Um, they got me hooked up to everything. I was still able to like get up and move around. Um, and then I think it was like either 12, like midnight or 3 AM. They started the Pitocin. Mm -hmm. Because I wasn't progressing. They gave me the Cervidil pill, but I wasn't, wasn't really doing anything with that. Um, so they gave me the Pitocin. She wasn't doing well with that after like an hour. So they took me off of it. They tried flipping me. They tried, you know, putting me in all different other positions. That way she would feel comfortable. Um, How were her vitals at the time? She was good until the Pitocin mm -hmm. kicked on. And then Didn't the Pitocin you? kicked on and she wasn't doing very well. Her heart rate was descending. So they're like, let's take her off. We'll wait a little bit. I was like, okay, you know, that's fine. Whatever. I'm Did her heart rate go back up? Yeah. Went right back up. She was okay. good. She was kicking, moving everything. Um, I started feeling a lot of contractions and then they put the post back on and then it was 6 a.m. And my nurse came to um, check on me because she saw something on the monitors that didn't look good. Mm -hmm. So she was moving the thing around all in my belly, trying to get her heart rate. She was pushing her button on her vet or on her scrub top. Another nurse came in, checked me. I completely was dilated. I was hemorrhaging and the blood was coming out. You were bleeding. Yeah. Okay. But I couldn't okay. feel it. Cause I had ended up getting an epidural from right. contractions. Okay. Um, 
So there was an on-call doctor who was checking on his patients. Mind you, my doctor that I was seeing for the last 39 weeks, he did not come to see me once at the hospital um, while I was induced, while I was checked in. Mm-hmm. Um, he, they told me, I was like, when is my doctor going to come in? And, you know, I just want to see, you know, what's going on, have questions. I've never done this before. They're like, oh, well, he'll be in at 6 a.m. to check on you to break your water if it hasn't broken. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so 6 a.m., crap hits the fans, on call doctors, like, what's going on? And they're like, she's bleeding, can't find a heartbeat. He's like, get her to the OR right now. I'm wheeled into the OR. Um, and I just remember everybody like rushing around trying to like get me situated, get me, um, you know, ready and cut open. Um, the doctor's like, what the hell's going on? Why isn't she under, she needs to be under right now. Like panic was in everybody's voice. Um, the doctor went to go cut me for an emergency C-section and I said, I can still feel that. And I was just constantly asking for my husband and he hadn't been in like, by the time I passed out, I didn't, he was not by my side. Um, so he cut me open. I passed out from adrenaline pain, whatever. I don't know, but I passed out. And then when I woke up, um, there was just people everywhere saying, oh my God, I'm so sorry. She didn't make it. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's fine. Like I was in denial, complete mm-hmm. denial. Um, I just, I looked at my husband and that's when I knew it was real. And he had to witness all of that. He had to listen to all of that. So in a way, I'm very fortunate that I did not have to listen to them try to revive her because... Oh, so they pulled her out and tried to resuscitate her. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have the notes from everything and they spent five minutes. Okay. Five minutes trying to revive my daughter. That's it. Five? Five. Do they have an idea of when they lost the heartbeat? Um, no. I had so many questions. I asked my doctor, um, my OB, the one that I saw for 39 weeks, he did not come see me until 7 PM. My daughter was born at 641 in the morning. What is his deal? Um, I don't know. Arrogance, ignorance. How long has he been, been in practice? Uh, probably I want to say at least 20, 30 40 years. I mean, he, 40, he's, yeah. a, he's an older doctor. Older doctor and, I mean, yeah. He's very well known in the area. Um, so he said to me, I will never forget it. He said to me, he said, you know, sometimes these things just happen. Mm, the famous lines. Yeah. I was like, mm, no, that doesn't sit well with me as I'm holding my deceased five pound child. Yeah. In my arms. And you're telling me, yeah, I can get you, you know, any type of medication that you need, anything that you want. And I'm like, no. Sounds callous. He sounds like he didn't come in with any sort of intention to help you or console you. Or Mm -mm. I believe this sounds like an attempt to not 
point blame at himself because this yeah. sounds like borderline. I'm going to use the M word, malpractice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was trying to cover it up with a placenta abruption, but deep down in my heart, I feel like it was the Pitocin that ended her life. The Medicaid, have you researched this? Is medic is, is that a thing? So my mom did. My mom was there um, waiting at my house for us to, you know, hey, come see the baby. You know, everything's good, gravy. Um, I ended up calling my mom at like 9.45. And of course, she went straight to Google. And she was like, mm, there's plenty of cases where Pitocin is not recommended. It's not... Just, it's a way to, I mean, children have died from this. And I had no idea about that. I, if I know something like I'm, I'm, I'm very anxious. I'm very, you know, cautious. But so if I knew something I knew I would have never done it, but I didn't know that I was never told the pros, the cons. I was, I was never told anything, nothing. And so that's where I want to kind of like, because I know the people that are listening to this, a lot of people after the death of their baby do have an induction and 99% of the time, just like 99% of pregnancies end in a live baby, 99% of the time, I feel like an induction probably goes haywire. I've seen it. I have someone very close to me. The same exact thing happened to you, but except instead of waiting, it was an emer- it was immediate emergency. The second it dropped, it was emergency C-section. So I've yeah. heard of this before, but I do want to preface like there are going to be extreme cases of this. And I think the timing and the acting quickly of the doctors is what we have to trust. And there seems like to be across the board, just this weird concept from these doctors and nurses that everything's fine instead of going, everything's not fine. Like, let's act on that instead of, Oh, this happens. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not cool with that anymore. I I want them to expect the worst and act really freaking fast. Um, you know, I'm sure you're walking out of this experience, extremely angry and, and, and blaming a lot of people. And to your point, where I feel needs to happen across the board in pregnancy is sitting us down like adults and saying, these are the risk factors. This Mm -hmm. is what we hope to do, but these are the risk factors. And then letting us make an informed decision as an adult on what we want to do now, if, because Potosian is, is talked about a lot about like, Oh, it's just, it just helps you go into labor. Like it's no biggie, you know? So if someone would say to us, you know, 65% of the time the baby has a reaction to it. We may have to take you to an emergency C-section. You know, maybe you would have been like, I'm not cool with this. I'm going to run my risks not doing it. But the details that are left out, I don't think is fair. That's not fair that meanwhile, you are now going and in the moment, like not even prepared for the facts that are going on. You don't even know how to react because you weren't prepared for them being a potential situation. Yeah. And the only reason, so I went in at I got an ultrasound at 36 weeks from my doctor's office. Everything was fine. The only reason I went in at 37 weeks was because I felt decreased movement and I had an interior placenta. Mm. So feeling like, and I worked up until 36 weeks and I was on my feet constantly from seven in the morning until three, 4 PM working. Mm. So I wouldn't always feel her. And, but when I got home, I always knew, but so I quit working at 36 weeks because I was like, first baby, I want to take the next four weeks off. Like 
it's, you know, 2021 post COVID. I just want to be away from, you know, people. Um, and 37 weeks I went in and, you know, the PA was like, all right, let's get you an ultrasound. Let's make sure everything's good. She's, she was fine. It was just me being anxious, which, you know, whatever. But then she sat me down. She was like, yeah, so what do you think about inductions? And I was like, well, I don't know. And then 38 weeks is when I talked to the doctor about it. And I was like, why are we doing this? He was like, well, studies have shown it's, you know, best for mom and baby and, you know, everything most likely turns out great. And I was like, okay, like it makes me really nervous, but sure. I'm confused why an intervention when you weren't showing serious signs that she was in trouble, because here's the deal. When you're a doctor, you have to go, is the baby safer inside of the mom or outside of the mom? Okay. Mm -hmm. So for some of us who lost at 37 weeks because of a cord compression, we're going to assume that could happen again. The baby could be safer outside of me. So we induce now, or, you know, you've got hypertension or or, uh, you have preeclampsia or you have diabetes or you have clot issues or something like that. Okay. Baby could be safer outside. Now for you, I don't understand the logic I don't was either. there something he didn't tell you that he was seeing on your charts that was like maybe an indicator that he thought she might be safer outside of you? I was never told of one. The only thing I could think of is I, at 20 weeks when we did the blood work, you know, for the gender and everything else, something came back that, so she, she was never high. Um, she was never like predisposed for Down syndrome but she was predisposed for spina bifida. Mm-hmm. And after that blood work came back, we did another anatomy scan. The ultrasound tech really just, you know, focused on her neck, her spine, you know, her butt area at the bottom of her spine, everything looked good. And it wasn't until I saw the MFM doctor for my son's pregnancy that I found out that that is a leading cause of stillbirth and Mm. low birth weight. Mm. And my daughter at 39 weeks was born at five pounds, three ounces. So she was, she was teeny. She's teeny. teeny. I just have to say, she's probably one of the most beautiful babies I've ever seen in my life. Like she, I was going on your Instagram. She's gorgeous. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It was perfect. Yeah. She looked like, she literally looked like she was sleeping. She didn't look like she had, died like yeah I mean yeah. and it she was I don't know I mean I'm assuming when my water broke I started bleeding I think that's when everything happened um but, and but, it was but abruptions ugh, just, I, I'm sorry I just have so many conversations that now I'm trying to like piece together I, your details yeah, because, because I do know some mothers who lost during during birth um okay I've never met anybody so everything well, is you're about like to, yeah, you're about to. The child is, mm-hmm. you know, born and mm-hmm. then something happens in the NICU mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. there is a, you know, abruption and they get to the hospital too late or you go in and it's too late. I've never heard of anybody losing their child in a hospital where you're hooked up to monitors, where you're being watched 24 seven. It just, it never made sense. And it still didn't make sense to me. It's actually more common than you than you know, and I think you're going to get a lot of messages from here um, because that is another layer to loss, to death that you have to deal with the trust, yeah, of these medical professionals, and 
then the decisions, trusting your own instincts and the decisions that you made. I mean, we know everything that we do for our babies is out of love, but then yeah. when they die, you go and you second guess, like, was my intuition off? And then you realize it wasn't like, yeah. and we just didn't know to, to, to really lean into our intuition harder and trust it. You, you know, I don't want to, I have so many questions. Okay. So did you go after them after? I tried. What happened? They told me they, they just couldn't, they couldn't take my case. Um, I guess he had too much insurance, too much, you know, he was just protected too much. Had he had this happen before? Um, or had he already had a lot of malpractice lawsuits before? Do you know? From doing this malpractice lawsuit? I think he did. because That's why like, he was so lawyered up and so, mm-hmm. yeah. They were like, oh, what doctor is this? And I told him and they're like, yeah, it's not the first one. Oh, shit. Yeah. So he gets away with it. Is he, he still in practice? Mm-hmm. And people still go see him. I don't understand why he, I just, you know, I, I have so many questions because like, you have to wonder then, were you on the verge of a placental abruption? Is that because she had, because yeah. did she have decreased movement because there was partial tearing away of the, the placenta, you know, yeah. was, was there something else going on that was then increased by the Pitocin or increased by the distress. I don't, I, there's so many freaking questions. And what I cannot stand is that nobody on the team who failed at their job wanted to find out the answers as to what happened. I went into my six week appointment, obviously sitting with all of the pregnant mothers in the same waiting room. This story just gets worse. Um, I wasn't even like brought in and put in a room. I was just brought in and say, okay, we'll let you know when um, you can go they'll call you back. (laughs) I just want to shake you right now. Um, but yeah, I went in my six week appointment. Well, I went in two weeks because I had a C-section. So I went in two weeks and then I went six weeks for the post-op and, um, or postpartum, sorry. And, um, I had my notes on my phone. I just had like 30 questions and I was asking them, you know, was it the Pitocin? Was I going to have a placenta abruption? You know, afterward like if I wasn't in the hospital you know what all these questions and I'm just like what was it I cannot just not know what it was that killed my child and he was just gave me very vague beaten around the bush answer the same doctor like, mm-hmm. did yeah. you ever talk to the one that was on call that actually did the the c-section that was like why the hell aren't we moving faster kind of um he actually came in to my post-op room and I was in the hospital at like 9 a.m and he said that he had spoken to other doctors in the hospital. He was trying to wrap his head around it. He was very emotional um, and he was very upset. I appreciate him. Yes. And he's actually who um, I saw my son for um, when I had him. Um, But he was like, I just, I don't understand what happened because, you know, 20, 30 minutes, we can save that baby. Typically, if we get them out, we can save Mm them. You were rushed to the OR. We cut cut you open. Like we got her. Like, I just, I don't understand what happened. Um, Oh my God. So he, he tried so hard and I don't blame him at all. Um, I blame the OB that I was seeing. He's supposed to take care of me. He's supposed to take care of my daughter. Um, How did, okay. Remind me when this was. July 21st, 
2021. Okay. Yeah. So you just had the, her two-year birthday. Yeah. Um, how do you, how did you move forward with so much, so many questions, so much anger, so much just blame? I'm sure rage is in there. Yeah. How did you um, do that? You definitely still have some of it. I'm not saying you moved oh, yeah. on from it, but how did you continue to move forward from it? Um, I really just relied heavily on my husband, yeah, um, my closest friends, my sister. Um, they, I mean, what was your husband like? I don't know if he's like mine. Mine, mine is on not reactionary like me was very yeah, much no. like we got to move forward we got to move forward yeah. <laughs> when I was like no I need answers was he like that what was he like yeah he's I mean <clears throat> he's very cool calm collective like go yeah. flow like and I'm over here the hothead like ready to just react they everything. marry each other yes <laughs> yeah um and at first we did not I didn't want to do anything um like malpractice wise, like finding yeah. anything out. I just, I didn't want to know. And then the more time that came, I was like, I have to find out. I need to know, like mm -hmm. if he can go down, he needs to go down because there was another mom that I knew who I got in contact with. Um, I don't really know all of her story, but she ended up having a placenta abruption away from the hospital. And she went in and her son passed away in the NICU, but then she continued to see that doctor for her next pregnancy. So okay. that whole situation, I was just like, girl, you're wild. Not me, but you're sick. No. It's your, your story. I got rid of mine too. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, honestly, I mean, I don't know. How so did you like say, I, I want to do this again? Like in, in, in now you um, have your precious, adorable little son. My husband went on a deployment, a very unexpected deployment that shook me up. Um, he was gone for about a month and oh, he God. came home. Obviously I missed him and our son was not expected whatsoever. Oh. He was not planned. He was not anything. You, you jumped your husband. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. So I see. Well, I dig that it was, uh, easy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Some I mean, of us can't do it easy, but okay. Yeah. But I know. But, okay. So that must've sent you into an absolute spiral though. Like yeah. not prepared. Yeah. 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 So it was different because I, I, you know, like I said before, I suffered from endometriosis. Yeah. So my son, I mean, oh my God, my son, my husband and I knew right when we got married, we wanted to start trying for kids. I was it challenging to, to get pregnant with your daughter? Uh, yeah, it was. I had, okay. so in total, I had three laparoscopic surgeries yeah. to remove all the tissue and everything. And after the third one, a couple months later, like three months later, I was pregnant. Okay. And I mean, I tried infertility, like I went and saw an infertility doctor and you know, that never worked out because I'm assuming the endometri endometriosis had grown back. So it was very difficult. It was, you know, with the molar pregnancy, the surgeries, the mm, infertility, yeah. like it was, it was very hard. And mm. then I get pregnant with her and she doesn't come home. Did you, did you have any guilt around the fact that you were having issues pregnant? Like you didn't love being pregnant, that you had body image issues that you didn't kind of, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. 
did that hit you after? No. Okay. No. Um, I was told, you know, oh, you're sick because she's healthy. You're sick because she's healthy. Just appreciate that. Okay. That's fine. I'll appreciate that. Like as long as I have a living child, I'm cool. Um, the body issues that was just me. I've always been like super skinny. I was never, you know, I was always, I looked unhealthy, which, mm. so when I gained 30 pounds, it was like, oh, wow. Like I actually look normal now. Like, I see. Okay. Okay. Um, the only thing I have the guilt over is saying yes to the injection. Okay. I don't blame myself for her death. I blame the doctor. But more than that, I blame my nurse. I blame my nurse for a lot of things. Really? Mm-hmm. Which she, which one? The one the, so monitoring I, the heartbeat? Mm-hmm. I checked in the evening or the afternoon on the 20th. That nurse, she was great. Um, but she, her shift ended at like six or seven or something, whatever it does. And then the nurse that came in after her, that I had throughout the night, I just got a really bad feeling about, I was not very trustworthy of her. Um, anything she said, she just kind of like dismissed it. And then I was like, Hey, can you check me? Like, I just want to know how I'm progressing after, you know, the Cervidil pill or the Pitocin. Like, I just want to know what she's like, no, the doctor will come in and check you in the morning. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what to do, but thank you. (laughs) She wasn't very nice. She was a new grad. Um, so once I got my chart from the hospital, I found her name. I looked her up on Facebook and she had just graduated in 2020. Shit. Mm-hmm. And she's a bitch. So like yeah. those, that was a terrible combination. I don't mm-hmm. understand the prerequisite for these nurses. Don't you want to help people? Don't you want to do mm-hmm. good and make sure you're doing like you're helping. I, I don't understand the attitudes. I, I, I think I'm in a position now and I, I don't know how it was with your son, but I was like, I'm not get, taking no from anybody. You can, right. sh- you're doing oh, whatever yeah, the no. hell I need you to do. Mm-hmm. So what was your pregnancy like with your son? Were you on high alert? Oh yeah. Okay. I had ER visits. Cause I was like, I can't feel him. I don't know what's yeah. going on. I can't feel him. I'm going to the ER right now. And my husband's like, Casey, it's, you're probably fine. I was like, you can think of that. I'm fine. But- <laughs> I'm going, I'm going, (laughs) you can either drive me or I'm driving myself. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and they're like, if this happens all the time. And I was like, yeah, famous last words as my daughter was still born in this hospital last year. So you can either get the ultrasound or I'm walking myself up to my doctor's office. Take your pick. Like I will make a scene. Yeah. Hell yeah. Good Um, for you. She got her little, you know, the little Doppler out and there he was. And I was like, okay, I can breathe. And then the nurse, the doctor or PA came in, I think, cause I don't think they, it's a big hospital. So I don't know that they were sending doctors, whatever. Um, the PA came in and she, you know, rechecked it, redid it. She was like, okay, yeah, he's, you know, he's there. His heartbeat looks great. It's normal. Um, and I was like, okay. And they're like, yeah. So follow up with your doctor. I was like, don't worry. I've already called. <laughs> I'm going to be seeing him tomorrow. <laughs> like, Cause I think it was on like a Saturday I had gone in. So I went to go see him on Monday and the doctor who delivered my daughter was the one who I saw for my son. And he was like, anytime you need an ultrasound, just come on in. Love him. That's how it should be. Thank mm-hmm. you. He was great. 
Um, was all of this in Savannah? Is this a dumb, I'm sorry if I missed it. No, it was. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was okay. all in Savannah. Okay. Yeah. You're not yeah. far from me. <laughs> no, no, I was, I was pretty close. Yeah. So when oh, now um, you're not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No, not anymore, but yeah, I was close. Okay. So I assume you did not induce with your son. Oh no. I had a, a C-section at 37 weeks. You planned it. Okay. Got it. Yeah. I was like, um, we're not doing this again. I was like, I will be seen. I'm not going to 39 weeks. So you can, you can just get over that. My MFM doctor was not very happy. He wanted me to wait another week. Um, but doctor, he knew he was like, she's been through too much. She's, she knows she's just, she needs it. He was like, I'm so glad that, you know, I'll be so glad when the baby comes out alive and happy and healthy and everybody's good. Cause I mean, he was a nervous wreck the whole time too. Oh my gosh. How was it? How was the moment when he did bring your son out and he was, and he was crying and yeah, he was screaming. (laughs) He came out screaming because he was cold. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I mean, but at 37 weeks, he yeah. was five pounds, seven ounces at 37 yes. weeks. Your daughter should have been at least seven ish. I feel like yeah. going two more weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, you know, he could, he, I just, did I you have her just random placenta looked at after? Oh yeah. It was normal. By who said that? The doctor's office. Do you still have the slides? I are you, I have the sheet of paper from like the pathology report. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one of my nurse friends look at it. She said, and she doesn't know too much about um, like labor and delivery, like placenta, like just babies and stuff. Mm-hmm. But she had her other um, PA friend look at it and she was like, mm, I don't know about this. Um, mm-hmm. And I never okay. really looked too far much into it just yeah. because I was pregnant. And I think if I hadn't gotten pregnant so quickly, um, I probably would have, you know, looked into things a little bit more, but I needed to stay sane. I needed to stay, you know, mentally. Totally get that. I didn't touch it at all when I was pregnant after loss. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, I mean, now because I have found your podcast and I have found other moms stories and the doctors that you've had on here and everybody's, you know, I've kind of just been like, mm, that sounds a little bit like me. Mm-hmm. And I probably should talk to this doctor about my placenta. Um, I just, there's a lot of things that I'm hearing where I'm like, all of my, you know, something went wrong. Something went, you know, in a different direction than what it was supposed to go to. So, um, the wheels were turning, but then, you know, my daughter turned two and I had to, we celebrate, we do a cake and everything every year for her. I mean, it's only been two years, but we do a cake for her and we sing happy birthday. And I kind of focused on that. And then I was like, I sent in, you know, for the podcast and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to tell the story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, little by little, I get more encouragement and more, you know, just the ability to talk about it because mm. I talked so much about it in the beginning and I kind of just, it didn't do me very well. Right. Right. Well, I oh. think you are now settling into 
the new normal. And I, everyone's always coming at me like two weeks into loss. And I'm like, this is not your new normal. Like Mm -mm. you're going to go through a ton of phases, but you are kind of now getting into what it feels like. And your daughter's been gone two years. You have a, a, a 14 month old. And now it's like, I'm a parent to a living toddler. How am I going to parent my My baby that's gone? And so you telling your story and even if one person hears it and says, I need to ask more questions or I need to advocate a little harder. I think that you have done something tremendous in her name and, and it's okay to still have the tears behind it. They're never going to go away. No, it's never easy to talk about. No. No. And I have friends now who are pregnant and she's young and she's like, I don't want to induce. And I was like, do not just it's it's such a hard subject for me and like I see influencers that I follow on Instagram and they're like yeah I'm going to get induced and I'm like are you sure you want to it's tough it's tough it's tough because every single mother I know whose baby died was induced at 37 weeks or a c-section which is definitely obviously different so I want to I want to push people to do their own research and make an informed decision. I want them to also be very stern with their team. The second something's going south, you wheel me into that OR. Like you, I I had to, I was supposed to get induced at 37 weeks. I was, I was supposed to with Wolfie because I was like, I wanted to try to have a vaginal again because I'd Mm -hmm. already had one with Brody. And I was like, why not? And I was, didn't want a C-section recovery, all this shit, whatever you think, you know what you want. And then, right. I didn't make it. He, my water broke at 32 weeks and I had an emergency C-section, but I was planning to get induced, but it was told, I told my doctor, the second shit's going south, we're not having a conversation. You get my and ass at the OR. That's and, my biggest question. Yeah. Why wasn't why? I, why wasn't I wheeled into the OR at 3 a.m. when her heart rate started um, descending? You like have every that, right to ask that, that question. Every single right. Yeah. I mean, my nurse, she just called the doctor said, okay, well, we'll take you off and then we'll wait a little bit. And I'm like, so my doctor who's 3am asleep at the house, doesn't want to get up and come on into the hospital said, oh, just, just put her in some different positions. Let her wait. It'll be fine. And I'm like, no, like if I knew what I knew now, then yeah, exactly. I would have been like, no, get words. me in an OR. Yes, I know. Get me a doctor. You didn't know. I know. I didn't know. You trusted these people. This is their fucking job. Sorry. I get so like, oh, we, we know so much now mm-hmm. and we're like, oh, I advocate for myself now, but we didn't know to do that then. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it's... I was, I mean, I'm very vocal. I'm very, you know, just in your face. Person. Oh yeah. You're no nonsense. So... I totally see that. It's. It's just, but when you're in that vulnerable position, that's the thing. Like I get mad at myself for it. Like, why didn't you speak up? We all do that, by the way. I still, like I was up last night, just staring at the same ceiling fan I stared at when I was like, he's not really moving. And I'm just, just like, why the hell didn't I jump out of my bed and run down the street to L and D? Like, why didn't I do that? We do Mm -hmm. it constantly. And it's so part of our just existence now. And it's not fair. It's not fair when everyone around us suffer. Yes. And we're forever. My doctor isn't suffering from my daughter's loss. That's the part that pisses me off. He should, he should have freaking retired because he was so Mm -hmm. upset. Like I just, that bothers me when they're not affected. I had a doctor come in. uh, I, I hemorrhaged as well and had to go into the ICU for several days after Brody was born. And the fourth day I'm like shaking. I'm like, I don't even know what's happening. Where's my son? He's in the morgue. Like da, da, da. This doctor comes in and kicks up his legs, like just reclines back. 
His phone goes off the Batman theme song. Get the fuck out of here. You think you're Batman with the signal? Get so, and he's just basically like, these things happen. My mm-hmm. daughter, oh, the girl down the hallway, 34 weeks, baby's fine. And I'm like, why are you telling me this? And then he's like, telling me I should have gotten all these different vaccines and shit. And then he's like, you know, my daughter's 32 weeks and she's progressing nicely. You know, these things just don't always happen. I wanted, I wanted to choke him. And I'm like, how do you have a license? How Mm -hmm. do you have a license? You're looking at a girl who almost just died. She has a dead baby. And you're telling, basically telling her she's partially to blame. It sticks with you. It's Mm -hmm. so, it's a nasty part of it. And it angers me because he's so arrogant. Mm Mm-hmm. Same with my doctor. I mean, after, so when I had my molar pregnancy in 2019, I had the DNC and I lost so much blood. I needed transfusions. Mm, Shit. That's traumatizing. Well, yeah, I was like, "Mm, whatever, like, it's fine. But 2021, I lost my daughter from a placenta abruption. I didn't need any, uh, you didn't need a transfusion with your, no, 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 that doesn't, no make any, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> I wasn't told. That's why I don't think it was a placenta. Abortion. It wasn't. It wasn't a hemorrhage either. It was, I mean, you were probably um, bleeding significantly, but yeah. usually, as you know, you would need a transfusion. It was a lot of no transfusion. Capacity. I wasn't told. Uh, my doctor who delivered her, um, he was like, just wait six months. Give your body some rest. Wait six months. Well, I waited five and that was what I did. But then he was like, all right, well, you're pregnant now. So whatever. But I wasn't <laughs> told to wait. I wasn't, I wasn't told anything. I was not hmm. told nothing. So all these things where people are like, oh yeah, you had a placenta abruption. It's probably, you know, you have a 50, 50 chance of it happening again. I wasn't told that. So I was like, okay, like I can have another pregnancy. Like I That's was That's a huge nothing. number. 50, 50 chance of having another placental abruption is a massive number to just throw at somebody like that. Well, no, I wasn't told that. So like, some people are told like you had one, you can't have another, you can't have another child. You, you might have another placenta abruption and possibly die. Like some people are told that yeah. I was never told anything. Oh. Well, meanwhile, your how was the pregnancy with your son? Was it, was there any like problems or issues at all? Oh no, it was freaking perfect. Freaking perfect. I had a posterior placenta. So mm-hmm. I felt everything. I mm-hmm. saw him like move like a, like a dinosaur mm-hmm. in my stomach. Like he was so active. Like I, so I had a hard time trusting and believing in God because I'm like, mm-hmm. why would you take my daughter away from me? Like, yeah. I've, I've never done anything so wrong. Like, I don't understand it. Yeah. Um, I'm not a like a punishment. Person. Yeah. It feels like a punishment. And you're like, what? it does. So I had a very, very, very hard time believing and trusting in his word. And then my son comes and he's freaking perfect. Mm-hmm. I feel him all the time. He's moving around. His heartbeat is rolling around. Like I just, everything's perfect. The anatomy scan, like he's just perfect. And I'm like, how can you give me this, make this my story, but then also give me this like most perfect little baby mm-hmm. and he lives like, yeah. why didn't my daughter deserve to live? Right. So I'm just, are you still struggling with this concept? I do. I mean, yeah. it's hard. And I did, I did go to therapy, um, about a month or so after my daughter passed and I continued therapy until my son was 
three or four months old. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really helped me. It really helped me. And especially because I was pregnant, she was like, you can't control anything except for what is right now. Mm-hmm. You can control what's right now. That's good advice. So yeah. at your next appointment in three weeks, you can't control that. What's going to happen is what's going to happen. But you mm-hmm. know, right now he's safe. He's breathing. He's healthy. Mm-hmm. So hold on to that. And that's what I did. I held Fantastic. my breath yeah. the entire 37 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, everybody was great at the hospital with him, but like, I was like, why couldn't I have had this care with my daughter? We all I- ask ourselves that same damn question. I mean, we, the stories that I have heard, God cannot be involved in those. There's no way that God that we know is involved with that because there are so many horrors that take place with child death and baby loss and infant death and every and stillbirth. And it's just, I, I, I have to try to believe that it is just part of suffering on, on earth. I have to try to believe yeah. that it's part of being a human being and we're gifted these things, but, but only to get a glimpse of, I don't know what eternity might look like. I don't know. I, I, I think that I had to remove God from it in the sense of thinking he did it. I, mm-hmm. I, 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 I couldn't believe that he would do that I, mm-hmm. and because, and then I, you know, and then I saw assholes around me having perfectly fine babies that are like, I complete so thing. I was like, God's not involved with this. Like, this isn't it. This is part of being a human being and what we really have to do. And the answer is how we respond to these things, these horrible things. Does it bring us closer to him? Or does it take us further away? And I yeah. think that is the question. And that's what we have to decide. Trust me. I went through, I couldn't understand it. I was such a good servant. I did everything that I was supposed to do. I had a great relationship with God. I trusted him. I couldn't sleep at night. And so I would take deep breaths and say the Lord's prayer and say, just get my baby here safely. And that didn't happen. Yeah. So it was like, okay, okay. What does that mean now? Yeah. And then now, you know, I got to be honest, I haven't really disclosed Wolfie's story, but um, his story was similar to yours, where we're screaming, running down the hallway, mm-hmm. we're losing and we got to get him out, you know, yeah. and uh, he made it. What? What? Like, mm-hmm. and it's so, it's just like, and then I'm sitting here and I'm going, wait, you're telling me that my whole life, I thought this was like God's finger when actually having a living, breathing baby is luck. Mm-hmm. Timing. Yep. And you're in science, you're doctors. Like, yeah. and those are the three things because your story I've heard before, but it ended up happy. Like, so that's so fucked up to know that. It's like yeah. we have to trust these people in these positions. And you know, I know you've you've got a solid stance on Pitocin and what happened. And I, I think that's a good, it's good. You're allowed yeah. to have your stance. I've got my stances on some shit. Everyone has their stance on something when it's very, very close to them. Right. Um, what do you want? What message do you want? Or what message do you think your daughter would want you to leave the listeners with in this conversation? Trust your gut. Yeah, it's a damn good one. Trust your gut. If something doesn't feel right, yep. speak up. Because I shouldn't have gone in for that induction. And you deep down knew that. Yeah. 
And that's the only thing I will blame myself for. Um, but if you feel like something's not right, yeah, get it checked out because, and if you don't like the answer, find somebody else to give you a better one. Go see another doctor, yeah. go see, you know, a specialist, go do what you have to do. Don't just rely on one person's answer because I mean, the alternative isn't any better. Yeah, that's really good advice. Someone recently said, lean into what your gut is telling you to do, even if you don't like the outcome. Right. Like, I, yeah. And there's, and that's, that's hard. That's a hard mm-hmm. thing to do, especially yeah. if you have fears. Mm-hmm. But that is such a massive thing. And for what it's worth, and the only reason, you know, I push so hard for people to connect especially in person who have experienced similar losses. Our losses are different. And I will, I will give you, I'll give you that. I respect that. I understand that all of them have different layers and different depths to them. But for what it's worth, I felt Brody's movements decrease and everyone around me convinced me it was fine, but I deep down knew it wasn't. And Mm -hmm. I waited too long. So for what it's worth, I still blame myself for those decisions, just like you do. Mm -hmm. And I know every mother, So the second, I don't know if it's helpful, but like the second you start to want to just crush yourself for the decisions that you made, remember somewhere one of us is doing the same damn thing and you're not alone and it doesn't fix it. No. There's some sort of comfort. And feeling like you, you know, have that, you can, you know, rely on somebody else, you know, for that comfort and it just. And if you wouldn't blame me, I would never blame you. So I got to try hard not to blame myself. It's it's tough. Well, I appreciate you doing this. It's not easy. I know that you're either going to need a shot or a nap or a hug (laughs) or something after this conversation, but know that her story is out there and you're going to help people. I'm going to tag your handle in the description so people can reach out. Um, I know for a fact that there are mothers who lost during labor some horrendous stories that also tried to sue. Some are in the process of suing. Uh, it's a horrific process. Yeah. So I hope that you guys can connect. I think that'll be really helpful. I, yeah, I think that would really help me too, because I mean, I, I know moms that, you know, lose their childs from the NICU or, you know, other yeah. stories, but it's never you're in labor, you're in a hospital, you're under the care, you're, you know, you're being watched Mm -hmm. like a hawk, like this shouldn't have never happened. Yeah. So I don't, I don't have any connections with those moms. You about to girl (laughs) get check your DMS. Yeah. All right. Well, um, please keep in touch with me and whatever else I can do for you. You know, I'm always a DM away. Um, this is going to go out in the next couple of weeks. I'll give you a heads up before then, but I really appreciate you doing this. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. It was really It was nice, but you know, needed. Good. All right, girl. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday and I will talk to you soon. All right. See you later. All right. Bye. Bye. That's all for this episode of the At A Total Loss podcast. If you'd like to help other lost moms benefit from our stories, please share, rate, and comment wherever you are listening. Thank you for being the strong mama that you are. And remember, when things have you at a total loss, we're here to help you find the light in the darkness. Take care, lost moms.